There once were four men from Scotland, led by a hunter known as McPhee, who had just finished a day's hunting when they spotted an isolated shyling, a type of large lean-to used by hunters nestled in the hills of the Scottish Highlands. Eager for a bit of respite from a long day of hunting, McPhee and his men did not hesitate to stop. Tying the horses up nearby, they looked inside to find a large pile of firewood and comfortable-looking chairs. While one of McAfee's men got a blazing fire going in the hearth, the others rested their weary legs and began imbibing stiff drinks and strong tobacco. The men then began to started to brag about the day's success and their great luck. One of the men loudly boasted, The only thing that could make tonight any better would be the company of four beautiful women, exclaimed the youngest man. Don't be ridiculous, lad. There's more chance of you firing an arrow straight than a girl showing up here, joked another. The fire, the friends all roared with laughter. But at that very moment came a crash of thunder and a sudden strike of lightning hitting the earth nearby, followed by a sudden and massive storm. An event that made the men's horses stand and whinny outside. This sudden and startling storm was quickly followed by a delicate tapping at the door. Opening the latch, they couldn't believe their eyes as four of the most incredibly buxom, vivacious, and classy women they had ever seen stood outside and politely asked if they could come in to the warmth. McPhee and the men practically fell over themselves as they made space for their guests to enter. They didn't notice anything unusual as the ladies swept into the shyling with their long green dresses, large busts, and bright red lips and settled next to each of them. Before long, the women were singing an enchanting song and the hunters needed no more invitation to dance. They all seemed completely enchanted by the mysterious visitors, all of them except the oldest and wisest of the four friends, McPhee. He had a wife back home and would not betray her love, no matter how beautiful the dancing partner. He was making his excuses when he noticed the sound of dancing had stopped and then saw a flash of red out of the corner of his eye. Slowly turning his head, he saw one of the women had used their sharp nails to slit the youngest lad's throat and start drinking his blood as he slumped to the floor. The other two were staring deeply into their companion's eyes and didn't even notice as they succumbed to the same fate. McPhee stood horrified, having heard stories just like this of strange creatures of the highlands, the Boban Shi, the feared seductress vampires of the Scottish highlands. Up to this point, he believed the takes false, 
but now was horrifically proven wrong in the worst way possible. McPhee, always being quick to act, had no time to stand in realization of horror that not only were the Boban Shi real, but they were currently tearing his hunting companions apart, one by one, to devour their flesh and blood. McPhee, from the same stories, knew these creatures' only weaknesses were daylight and iron, but his weapons were on the other side of the room, and it was hours until dawn. McPhee's personal foul temptress was still trying to seduce him, but he quickly turned and fled out the door and into the cold, wet, dark night. Seeing the horses tethered nearby, he remembered he and his men had freshly shod the horses with iron shoes before making their journey. The hunter sprinted as fast as he could towards the animals and dove in amongst them for protection. All four Bovan Shi came out of the Shiling and started circling the horses, but were so afraid of the iron, they wouldn't come any closer. They tried to flatter the hunter into coming back inside, promising him everything his heart desired, but he wouldn't move. When this didn't work, they then tried to enrage the hunter into charging out by describing how delicious his friends had been but that just made him shrink back even further. Lastly, in desperation, they screamed at the hunters to fear them and stopped delaying the inevitable. They whispered to him promises of a foul death at the hands of the Bovan Shi and ensured him he would not make it to sunrise. After what seemed to him an eternity, McPhee looked east and saw the faint glow that told him the safety of dawn was coming. As he looked back to the Shiling, the woman had already disappeared. When the sun was finally high in the sky, bathing the surrounding land in comforting daylight, McPhee was finally brave enough to step out from between the huddled horses and back inside the building. Immediately upon entering, he saw that the fire no longer burned, the Shiling sat dark and cold, the foul women were gone, and his men all lay dead, drained of their vitality. McPhee stayed there, wept over the bodies of his three fallen friends, but vowed to spread the story of the Bovan Shi and of his ill-fated hunting party to anyone that could hear it, and to ensure no one would ever suffer the same fate ever again. You're so dead you don't even know it. Sitting, have yourself a glass. Said, I know you're angry.
fulfilling the plans So keep your cup tipped up when you're feeling down low And when you finally forget your purpose You'll be stumbling on down my side of the road Oh, you know it ain't good for you To keep going on like you do Time's running away, it's running fast Same road, and if I could, I'd give you some advice. See, he don't care about you, all the good or the bad you do know. He wants your life, and that's the devil's price. Yeah, the devil's price. Trailer Park Monster J.D. Hutchins, and you've just entered my dwelling and stepped inside the monster's lair. Enter if you dare, survive if you can. The Bovon She is a female vampire originating in the folklore of the Scottish Highlands, though they also share certain characteristics in common with the succubus the Banshee, and the Fairies, they are their own category of night creature. The Bovon She appear as beautiful women who use these good looks and charm to seduce their victims before attacking them and draining their blood. The Bovon She usually appear as beautiful women who wear long green dresses to conceal their only non-human appearing feature, their hooved feet. It is believed in Scottish folklore that these deceptive seductresses also possess the ability to shapeshift and can also take on the appearance of a hooded crow or raven. Very similar to vampires, the bovon she drink blood of their human victims and have an aversion to sunlight. Similar to fey folk, the bovon she are believed to also have an aversion to iron Iron is also said to be the only substance that can kill a bovon she. The bovon she are generally withdrawn from society, unlike their succubi counterparts. They don't care about power, wealth, or youth. They only care about feeding, luring their prey in by inviting them to dance with them until they grow too exhausted to overpower them. They then feed upon their helpless victims, draining them dry of blood. Unlike vampires, the bovon she would use their long, sharp fingernails instead of fangs to slit their victims' necks in order to drink their blood. In many of the folk tales telling of the bovon she, there is a general theme surrounding the female vampiric devil fairies seducing, chasing, and feeding on hunters in the wilderness at night. There are no male bovon she, and women become one by being killed by one of the creatures. The legendary bovon she are also known by a second name, as the White Women of the Scottish Highlands. Let's find out a bit more about this fascinating folk creature.
Bovan Shi is an interesting name, literally translating from Gaelic to women of the fairies, or in more common terms, fairy woman. As the name suggests, and as I mentioned earlier, only female ones appear to exist. They are also known as the White Women of the Scottish Highlands, a title suggesting their connection to many types of ghosts or spirits, such as banshees. Many entities known as Women in White can be found in folk tales of various cultures. Some others include our former episode subject, La Llorona, Psychopomps, Madame Koikoi from Nigerian Belief, The Siren from the Roman Tales, and various Western ghost tales of Ladies in White. These creatures, the Bovon Shi, are certainly not Banshees, however, as Banshees are a name given to an entity from Irish folklore who heralds the death of a family member, usually by wailing, shrieking, or keening. Banshees are often depicted as having long, streaming hair of various colors, wearing a gray cloak or green dress, and having red eyes from constantly crying. The name Banshee translates from Gaelic to Woman of the Fairy Mound. Banshees serve as a portent of doom or a harbinger of death. These entities are sometimes confused as the same due to similarities in the pronunciation of the names, the meaning of their translation, both being women and both being known as women in white. However, I personally would much rather come across the path of a banshee than that of a bovanshi any day. In some circles, the bovanshi can be symbols of feminism. Let's break it down, shall we? These women are described as incredibly beautiful when they first appear, usually clothed in long green dresses. It is key to note here that green is actually a color associated with fairies in Scotland and fairy folklore. Their long dresses conceal the fact that they have deer hooves instead of feet. They are shapeshifters who can glamour, meaning appear to those that see them as anything they want to be seen as. They take the form of a wolf, and as already discussed, even take the form of a raven or a hooded crow. It is rare to see a lone bovon she, as they prefer to hunt in packs. Much like a group of single women out on a weekend, they group up to help and protect each other. Also, like women out on the town, they love to dance and use this to seduce men, their prey. They use the lust of men against themselves to ensnare and prey upon them. That's right, ladies. For once in a monster story, you get to be the monster and not the hapless victim. A further example that the Bovon Shi are paranormal feminist icons is the fact that they tend only to appear when the men they're hunting make a wish for female company, tying into the Scottish superstition that if you make a wish at night without asking God's protection, it will be granted in a horrifying way. Also, this is a punishment to unfaithful lads out on an excursion away from their wives. And another plus for the ladies out there, in the event that for some reason you fall victim to the bovon she, you will not die, but instead come back 
as one of these badass vampire deer fairy seductress huntresses yourself and join your new sisters and dance. Now, lastly, the final piece of evidence pointing to the feminist icon of the faith theory is the fact that some believe that the Bovon Shi were once actually goddesses. It doesn't get any more girl power than being a goddess. Am I right, ladies? It is said by some that the Bovon Shi were once great deer goddesses of the forest and fjords of all the realms, and they would punish those not following the appropriate rituals. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. They may have been downgraded to fairies like many goddesses previously in folklore and history by those writing the story, most likely men. It is possible that the more vampiric elements of their bloodthirsty nature were exaggerated upon by the Christian church ran by the patriarchy to deter potential followers from joining the fairy dance. So there you have it, the Bovon Shi, the fantastic femme fatales of fey folk. Deep in the heather-strewn hills and glens of the Scottish Highlands lives many a beautiful woman, but only some are as deadly as today's subject. The alluring Bavanshi. The Bavanshi is a vampiric female creature from Scottish folklore. They are similar in nature to the classic succubi and vampire without the fangs. Although where succubi and vampires tend to want many things, such as power, wealth, and youth, Bavanshi wants only one thing blood. The Bavanshi is a withdrawn creature that will seldom, if ever, enter towns or villages. They are generally said to inhabit the forests of the highlands, which is where they seek their prey. That clip comes to us courtesy of Leith Wolf via YouTube. Alright ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get back to some more excellent stories on the subject of the Bovanshi. But for right now, let's take a quick ad break. Hey Rons, uh, what do you think about the Bovanshi? I don't know how the JJ works. Hey, what's going on, Monsterage? It's me, the monotone with the microphone, the trailer park monster himself, J.D. Hutchins, and I have a question for all of you. Are you guys looking for some awesome merchandise? Well, look no further than Burial 13. Burial 13 is a streetwear brand from right here in Fresno, California, my hometown, and they have some sick, badass, awesome horror and comedy themed designs for your shirts shorts and other apparel i'm happy and proud to announce that the monster's lair is an ambassador for burial 13 apparel and by being an ambassador i can offer all of my listeners a special discount code that code is tml10 once again tml the monster's lair 10 the number 1010. So go to www.burial13apparel.com. Check out their badass merch, their cool designs, and all their products. Pick something you like, throw that bitch in the cart, and in the promo code area, make sure you put in TML10 and save yourself 10% off your next Burial 13 purchase. 
If you'd like to learn more about Burial 13 Apparel, how they were founded, what they're based on, and what kind of products they offer, you can go back to the beginning of Season 2 and check out my sit-down one-on-one interview with a brand founder, Thomas Burrell, on TML Talks, Episode 1. Monsterage, I appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate all of your support, and this is a unique and cool way that I can help show that appreciation and return the favor. So definitely go and check out www.burial13apparel.com right now. Check out their badass merch, and as always, Monsterage, thank you for listening and supporting the Monsters Layer podcast. A man runs down the hill as the sun breaks the surface of the horizon and fills the world with light. Its golden rays illuminate the thick red blood splatters covering his clothes. He runs to the village, screaming for help, yelling about an attack or something, babbling and incoherent with fear. Once he is clothed and cared for, he leads the men of the village up to the remote hut in which they find the corpses of his friends, strewn about, dry and crisp, almost mummified, drained of their blood and discarded. The Bourbon She, the mysterious creatures nicknamed the white women, stalk the lonely areas of Scotland. Terrible vampiric fairies who drain the blood of unweary men who are unfortunate enough to cross paths with them. Previous clip is from Anna Bridgeland on YouTube. Some stories of the Bovanshi claim that they sleep in coffins and can be trapped inside by building a stone cairn on top of their grave. In some legends, they are witches or enchanters who did not stop using their powers, even in death. Some even believe that these are actually the original vampire, predating Carmilla and Dracula by centuries. Some believing that these are not fake creatures but simply that they are dancing vampires haunting hunters in the highlands. Similar to vampires, Bovanshi are believed to spend the day in their grave and be active at night. These creatures shun society, frequently hunt in packs, and usually keep to rural areas. The story tells that they have cloven hooves, can shapeshift, and speak any language due to telepathy with their victims. Their favorite form is the wolf, and sometimes mentioned earlier, the crow. Bovanshi appear as beautiful seductresses, and they suck blood from their prey by night. A slight variation between the Bovanshi and vampires is that the Bovanshi rise once a year, and their male-bitten victims will not turn into a vampire while the female ones will. As we know from the tale of McPhee and his hunting party, the Bovanshi fear horses because of their iron horseshoes. 
Potential victims should stay sitting on their horse if encountering one in the forest. It is believed to stop the Bovanchi. People must build the stone covering over her grave, as we mentioned at the beginning of this section. And people to defeat and kill a Bovanchi must use an iron weapon against her. The Bovanchi have similarities to fey creatures, vampires, and ghosts and are seen as a hybrid of all three in most folktales. The Bovanshi are a lesser known entity of the Feu folklore world and are prominently now featured as part of modern TV series, movies, and comic books, although not as well known as many of the other monsters of current lore. Listeners, that's going to complete this edition of this brief but hopefully good episode of the Monster's Lair. Remember, folks, next time you're out in the woods, whether it's hiking, camping, or especially hunting, be mindful of the creatures that lurk within the trees. But remember, no matter how vicious the faith folk can be, we, the humans, are the true monsters of this world. The Monsters Layer podcast is made possible by the following people whom I'd like to credit. Logo and cover art design, Chief Alan Bailey. Music, sound beds, sound effects, and audio go to the following people. First and foremost, I'd like to thank the band Poor Man's Poison from Hanford, California for allowing me to use their song Devil's Price as the official Monster's Lair theme song. Poor Man's Poison consists of Tommy McCarthy, Ryan Hacker, Mike Jacobs, and Dustin Medeiros. Additional credits go to Polly Manners, also known as The Bearded Breed, host of The Bearded Breed podcast, and frontman for Metal Messiah for allowing me the use of songs from his band. The Mad Thinker, Mike Morgan, for original beats and sound beds. Find him on Instagram at madthinker with the number three in place of the E. Credit also goes out to Zachary Mueller, the owner of Void Productions, for background music, sound beds, and sound effects. Special thank yous go out to the following people. My wife, the dark, lovely, and witchy Christy Miller, for constant support and understanding of me doing this passion project. My daughters, the heathens, Haley and Harper. My partners at the Myriad Podcast Network, The Bearded Breed, Polly Manners, The Dark Knight, Brandon Davis, Dink Lord Trap God, Christian Miller, also the bass player for the Moonjacks, The Nerdsman, and Abyss, a.k.a. Zachary Mueller of Void Productions. Thank you to Thomas Burrell and Burial 13 Apparel for support and appearances on the Monster's Lair. Shout out to Hoovy Desayuno and Big Ren the Legendary from the Hard Camera Podcast for supporting the show and always shouting out my show on the air. 
Rest in Power, Tom the Nightmare, Thomas Cunningham, The Monster's Lair former co-host, and my longtime friend. And last, but certainly not least, thank all of you, the listeners, for always tuning in and for your continued, constant support of The Monster's Lair. Thank you. This is the Myriad Podcast Network. And let me tell you something, brother. The MPN is the new world order of podcasting. Jack, the MPN is just too sweet. Once you're MPN, you're MPN for life. The Myriad Podcast Network. Because anything less would be uncivilized. <laughs> hey yo, check out the MPN wherever podcasts are available. The MPN is taking over the podcast industry and there's nothing anyone can do about it. Ha <laughs> ha.